Everybody's ready to play the hot new game. Who's at your door? Who's at your door? I'm pretty sure it's Scientologist. It might be Mormons, but I'm pretty sure it's Scientologist. Shit, it might be movies of all time podcast a podcast show where we talk about some movies and decide if they're the greats or not we also do some bets we play some games we have some fun and that's that i'm one of your moderators jesse today i'm with uh gabriel hello and jb hi we tend to be the authorities that have been appointed Maybe justly, maybe unjustly, by the powers that be to make this decision. I'm the Un- home office in Sandusky, Ohio. Sandusky. Um, that's where I get the checks from. You um, say appointed, on, I say anointed. You know, that's why. <laughs> you, you Actually, you do say that every time. Um, but we're, 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 what, we're five episodes in. Today, we're going to be talking about uncut gems. First, a little bit of housekeeping. If you want to get a hold of us, make a suggestion for a great. Give us your thoughts. Can't say how we'll um, take it, but if it's there, we're at. You can reach us. We'll on, take it. We'll take it. J, J, JB reads them all. He screens yep. them and sends yep. them to us. Um, but we can be reached at. Um, I'm going to say greatestmoviespodcast at gmail dot com, and mm. also keep track of our the the hall of greats, if you will or not greats on letterbox.com slash greatest movies. The hall of greats. Great. 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 We got a couple movies in the hall of greats. Um, check it out or the greats as we call them, but that's it. But before we jump into that, as we do always, have you guys seen anything that's maybe uh, not great? What do you think? You know, this week, uh, to put it into context for the <laughs> listeners, Avatar The Last Airbender came back on Netflix. Very pivotal show to my childhood. Uh, so I binged that. Like when you say binged, how, like? Oh, we're talking 60 episodes, about 21 minutes each. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the span of two weeks. So not super binge, but there's at least, I think, a day or two or six hours was spent looking at Aang, Katara, and Sokka travel the their version of earth where elements get bent and uh there's a flying bison um but it also reminded me of the very not great movie the live action avatar the last airbender yeah bring it back to films yeah 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 so i didn't watch any films i had a great experience watching cartoons but constantly haunted by this live action movie that totally ruined many people's impressions of uh M. Night Shyamalan, as well as say, Avatar The Last Airbender. Well, I, I think he's done enough <laughs> to his career over the times that has, that has hurt people's image. <laughs> I, I, think he, I think he'd already sort of outed himself prior to uh, The Last Airbender. So. <laughs> it was like a nail in the coffin. He's, he's coming back, though. He's trying. Split, Split was redemptive. A split glass. I mean, he's, 
he just kind of went back to what he made a name <laughs> for himself with. Yeah, back to the well. I'm um, back to the the old thing. The the lady in the well. The lady in the lady in the well. What the lake side <laughs> manor? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's like a generational gap, but like Airbender is just not. It's funny when I said like, "What does the binge mean?" That's where like I I I fully have very little frame of reference um, for it. So, Gabriel, anything? You yeah. Say? So so uh, not one of the greats, um, <laughs> but a but a fun little ride. It's uh, the most recent Richard Stanley directed uh, sci-fi film, Color Out of Space. Okay. Based on an H.P. Lovecraft short story, starring the one and only Nicolas Cage. <laughs> uh, you know, and this is this is peak Cage. It's it's a nutty, really kind of bonkers uh, sci-fi tale uh, involving a secluded farm family and a mysterious meteorite that lands on their their property and proceeds to turn their lives upside down. Um, you know, I, I won't go into the gory and nutty details of, of what happens. Um, if, if that's your thing, uh, it's absolutely worth checking it out. It's, it's not as, I wouldn't say it's as good as, as the other most recent Nick Cage bonkers movie, Mandy, but, uh, Mandy quite possibly one of the greats. I don't know. I, I would know. be I would I would be happy to to have a discussion about Mandy one Ooh, day. Mandy. Um, All right, but yeah. No, you, it's funny funny you bring up Mandy. I'll, I'll interject just for a moment. Um that's what brought me to this film though. I haven't seen it yet fully. I've started it because I came off Mandy loving Mandy and um I, I rented this through Redbox and I think we talked about this you know behind the scenes at one point on the Patreon pre uh, pre podcast Patreon Patreon. Patreon tier for the Patreons, um, the precast, <laughs> but um, the pre-show. And yeah, I, I read boxed it and it was one of those things, start the movie too late, fell asleep. Because it has, like Mandy has that cool, like weird color vibe thing going. This one's more purple instead of pink. Yeah, I was about to say, okay, uh, yeah. it, it described it as, as an apocalypse wrapped in magenta. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so it was putting me to sleep. Not to say that it was bad. It, it was like, it was, oh, don't start this at night. And, and as those red box like, daily payments were, were racking up, um, I had to like, return this movie because I, was, I, was, I probably purchased it like, price-wise. Yeah. Um, before. Yeah. So I never got through it. Regretfully. So, so, I mean, <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. I think the, the very much like Mandy, the first kind of 15 to 20 minutes is pretty slow moving. Right. But it gets, it gets going. Um, after that, uh, you know, this is, I think this is like Richard Stanley's first wide release since he was fired from directing The Island of Dr. Moreau. That's right. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, Which I saw that one in the theater. I remember that as a, as a young lad. Yeah, he was he was booted off that one and not credited um, as, as having directed any of it. And then they brought in Frankenheimer. But, but yeah, uh, Color Out of Space. If you're into to the sci-fi genre, if you're into peak crazy Nick Cage, um, or you know H.P. Lovecraft, I would say I'd say not one of the greats, but but worth a watch. Really worth. No, I really want to see it. Um, 
it's back on my list of hopefully it's going to pop up on shutter or something like that so i can see it it may be on shutter it could be i haven't i haven't searched through (laughs) since i've logged into that ecosystem yeah real quick real quick one that's um just not a great i watched it um it was kind of at the tail end of last week but but kind of given with everything going on in the world i didn't get to a lot of films outside of uncut gems for this week so um i also saw a film called bad education i believe i believe it's an hbo film i think it's kind of made for hbo it's hugh hugh jackman allison janney yeah and it's 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 really good it's Mm. it's um it's one of these sort of investigative type you know you know, small person uncovers the big crime. And so in this case, um, she's a high schooler writing for the school newspaper and she uncovers through her sort of um, investigation for a, a school story, uh, a lot of the money embezzlement and, and um, that's happening and, and just various mismanagement of money and personal spending of the superintendent and, and those involved within the school district. Um, it's really good. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. It's it's I, I I went in not anticipating to really watch it and enjoy it, and it, it hooks you quick. Um, it looks good. It's filmed well. The acting's great in it. It's just not a great. This is not a, a great film. Um, I feel in the age of anything post Aaron Brockovich, I feel we've like seen this movie um over and over. And gotcha. So you know, mm-hmm. what I mean, you know what's going to happen, and I don't need that. Yeah, they they brought down another one um, type movie. Because you, you know where it's going um, from the beginning. I mean, it's based on true stories, too. But, but I feel this David and Goliath type story. We see a lot. And it's, it's, it's a little formulaic in that way. And that's, that's what kind of separates it from a great as sure. well. So it's good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely an engaging watch. It's definitely there. And it's, you know, it's, it's worth your time if it's on. Um, I just didn't think it was a great. That's all. Hugh Jackman's good. I love anything Hugh Jackman. Yeah, and I—I I, I mean, I like his character in it. He's good. He's good. That's all I, that's all I can say. It's, it's good. I'm a big Janny Fanny. So yeah, I know, and she's really. That's because that's what they call her fans. They call them Janny Fannies. Yeah, if you're a Janny Fanny, you know, put this at the top of your queue. <laughs> um, so that's kind of what we've been watching, but. We're here to talk about something else. We've got bigger fish to fry. Um, We have in his, you know, we have an Adam Sandler film, Adam Sandler in, in his first great dramatic role since his last great dramatic role. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Which, which was, well, that's kind of where I want to start with uncut. Bedtime stories. It's as, as I was kind of just, you know, searching through the internet and um, magnoliafan at gmail.com sent us to this at our website, at our email address, greatest movies of all time, podcast.com mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Um, this article from outline.com, I, I just read the headline because that's mainly what I do. Um, Adam Sandler has always been a good actor is, is the highlight, is the headline of this. He just keeps making um, terrible movies. And so on, on purpose. It's, it's that thing. And I looked at it, which leads into our bet a little bit later. Just, you know, stay tuned, listeners. Um, he's done a lot of movies. And, and most of them are, I don't want to say all of them are bad. 
you know, they're all kind of in a, a, a particular tone and, and a vein. But we know as far back as Punch Drunk Love, this guy can do good stuff if you want. That's, to. yeah, so that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, I, I absolutely loved him in Punch Drunk Love. Mm-hmm. Like, I, that's, that's, it's such a good movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, his performance is incredible. Um, the direction is is terrific. Uh, just Phil, Phil Seymour Hoffman's great on the side note. I mean, everybody is great, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's. Um, but I'm saying since then, since Punch Drunk, it's it's almost that. I mean, I I, I mean, we don't we're not here, I guess, to to explore Adam's bad decisions, career decisions, but it's is that same. It was sort of like Jim Carrey for a while. It was, oh, Jim Carrey did a serious movie. Uh, and it's like, well, no, Jim Carrey can do serious films. And it's the same thing with Adam Sandler. It's, oh, my gosh, Adam Sandler did a serious movie. And it's like, yeah, oh, he did The Cobbler. Oh, he did, uh, um, you know, there's a couple others, but we don't pay attention. But, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, did, I did not see The Cobbler. Um, did not, but, but, that, but that was also billed as his, his serious another serious turn or what was the other one i was trying to think of um funny people with adam sandler well funny that people like pseudo serious he plays pseudo serious um sandy sandy Click. wexler is, is is popped up as a serious one um rain over me you know he has these, oh yeah, yeah yeah you know that's, what i mean that's the other mm-hmm. one i was forgetting yeah yeah so i so i i've had this conversation with other people and it, it centers around this this idea that I think it's it's a lot easier for comedians who have spent time like honing their craft to take these turns to dramatic roles than it is for really dramatic actors to then take on comedic roles and make them work. Yeah. And I think it's not not saying Sandler was ever like some great stand-up comedian. I think earlier on in his career, he was at least outwardly, right? He appeared to to not have these limitations that he's presented himself with over the last, let's say, like 15, 20 years, right? Yeah. Um, where he, he actively produces movies that he knows will make money. He casts his friends in him. I think that's great that he he's making sure that people he care, care cares about are like taken care of and, and that they're they're finding work. But a lot of those movies are just, they're terrible. Like, they're absolutely horrible. But when, he, when he's been given a chance to work in films produced and directed by other people, like these, these more innovative, Paul Thomas Anderson, right, with, with Punch Drunk Love, and now the Safdie Brothers with Uncut mm-hmm. Gems, he, he can transform himself into... And, and, the, the character of Barry Egan and Howard Ratner, those two characters are completely, they're on opposite ends of the spectrum yeah. of dramatic, mm-hmm. like characters and performances. But, you know, he's not the only one, right, that, that's able to do that. I think Jim Carrey has done, um, you know, you look at, like, I, Zach Galifianakis has yeah. been able to, to act very well dramatically. Um, you know, I think there's something to that where these people who, I think in order to do comedy well, you have to be able to tap into the human experience and you have to be able to, to observe and then reflect 
And I think that's what allows comedians to then step into these dramatic roles. I mean, Bob Odenkirk, right? Zaniest, mm. most ridiculous sketch comedy show maybe of all time in, in Mr. Show with Bob and David, but has serious acting jobs, right? So I just, that's that's been my kind of like take for a while now. And so I, in this situation, I think I think it very much applies to to what we see with Sam Sandler and, and kind of when he steps outside of his, you know, bespoke character that he's created and has played in basically every movie he's ever produced. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I agree exactly what you're saying. It's all, and it's just it's 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 just interesting how he hasn't been like like many of those other comedians you've mentioned. Um, he hasn't been able to shake that persona of, you know, people still raise their eyebrows when Sandler does a, a serious role or dramatic piece. I mean, really throws himself into a work um, while the others collectively people don't seem to, to make a big issue at, about it as much. Um, and speaking of that, here in Uncut Gems, the first part to kind of talk about um, this, this role, he, he just sort of disappears into this character um mm. he he doesn't even i mean he looks like adam sandler of course but but it's this isn't adam's you know I, not for a second did i think this is this is adam sandler um acting in a in a serious piece i just um he had me from the doctor table you know the doctor's uh, colonoscopy table um from the opening <laughs> scene like who is this guy and what's this guy about um and how can this guy make bad decision after bad decision? Um, oh, absolutely just mesmerizing, right? Just <laughs> yeah. like un unbelievable, right? The, the pacing of this film is, is frenetic, right? Mm. And you're following this guy through these different parts of his life and you watch him just make bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. But somehow you're still like, I kind of like this guy maybe. And I'm I'm kind of hoping something works out for him. <laughs> Definitely root for him repeatedly. Like you know, oh, oh oh God, why are you doing this? Oh God, what you know? Don't don't do what you're about to do. You know, you're 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 hoping that he makes a, a turn. Um, you're constantly rooting for him. Um, but no, mm. just I, it's funny. I even looked. I pulled up the little you know remote and I checked to see where I was at. Um, Ninety minutes in is when I took my first breath. Of just okay, I can relax for a second. Um, this yeah. <laughs> movie from from the beginning, when until it, it's around the ninety minute mark, um, I think when he's coming home from the family, I can't remember what it was, bar mitzvah or something was going on, um, the big family gathering, um, and he came mm -hmm. home. That's when it seemed to finally his life slowed down just for a moment in this film, and mm. me as the viewer. It's sort of like the because it's not even like a roller coaster that because this film just just went. Um, we just had a moment of all right, gather yourself. We're going back in. No, it's 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 it is like a it's like a fucking stock car race, and that was the one pit stop he made. Yeah, right. No, like it's it's just constant barrage of just tension, and and just. It's it's like you get punched in the gut in the first five minutes, and then you you're still just trying to catch your breath 
right? Yeah. As this movie just accelerates, like no, a yeah. Cannonball. Between once they get to that jewelry store and everything's going on and, and everyone's there, it's just like go, um, and and you feel as 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 if you're living his life. Um, you're, you're just you're just riding on the shoulder, um, and, and you're just you're, you're just trying to stay to hold on so you don't yeah. get, you don't get brushed off um, and left behind. Yeah, no, the, the, the pacing, absolutely. The, the, the acting from like the Sandler performance is just outstanding. Um, I, I've seen Joker. <laughs> I've seen this film. He was robbed of the best actor Academy Award. He should have won the Oscar for best actor for this role. Listen, I, I, I haven't seen Joker, but I, <laughs> I, I support that claim. I support that claim. <laughs> JB, we've been yapping about Uncut Gems. Um, what else are you supposed to be doing? But, but, what, but where, where do you fall on this so far? For, you know, kind of first words out of your mouth about Uncut Gems. Somebody's like, hey, JB, Uncut Gems. Oh, definitely fast-paced. Uh, it makes me think of the uh, first Safdie Brothers film I saw with Robert Pattinson, I believe it was Good Times. That's right. Uh, similar underbelly of New York City uh, protagonist that makes you think twice about whether you want to support them or not, but like you're still rooting for them. They do some, they make some awful decisions, but it seems human. Uh, one thing about this movie that stood out to me was the lack of gratuitous violence. Um, the violence you saw felt very realistic, you know, fist fights. Uh, tussles, verbal arguments. Um, it felt more human. It felt like that could have actually happened to you. You could actually know this guy. This isn't just a movie. This is someone's story. No, you're right. I, I, I commented that on somebody talking about this at home here. Um, I think it captured well that song and dance between like Sandler and the bookies. Like they're not, mm-hmm. they're not going to put this guy in the hospital because they still want their money. Um, but mm-hmm. they're going to rough them up enough. They're going to mess with them enough. Um, and and to, to, to get the point across. But it, yeah, it's a little more grounded in that piece. And, and I, I did admire, it, it felt very realistic. But then at the same time, I, I like the elegance of that, that relationship <laughs> back and forth. It was, you never fully truly worry too much for Sandler because, okay, here, here's, you, you know, they're not going to chop mm-hmm. off his fingers one at a time um, to get their money. Um, but you also know th- th- they're going to fuck up his life a bit if, 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 if he doesn't deliver. So, you know, there's still some teeth to it. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, I, I would say, you know, JB, you mentioned good time, right? And, and it has that, a very similar feel. Like the, the instances of violence in that film feel very, very much grounded in, in humanity and reality. Um, I mean, Speaking of that, that frenetic pacing, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. I think, I think the direction that the Safdie brothers like bring to these two films is impeccable, right? It's to be able to control what feels like this white knuckled free for all, right? But do it in a way that's anchored in something that feels real, that, that taps into that internal tension the viewer has and being able to make these like very problematic characters imp- like 
they're characters you can empathize with. Mm-hmm. Like they're characters you root for despite the fact you know they're fuck ups. Oh yeah. It's and I just I think that a lot of that should be credited to to these brothers as directors. Like both Benny and, and, and Josh, just the writing is great, the direction is, is fantastic, and the performances they get out of their cast are outstanding. I loved the celebrity guests that <laughs> made appearances in this film. It was <laughs> quite the collage. Uh, I thought that was very enjoyable as well. I'm not going to spoil anything. I don't. I don't know how much to say or not, but there's some good little appearances, some contemporary figures. No, they're definitely on. There's some fun interactions uh, <laughs> with them, thinking amongst definitely amongst the, the you know, pop singers that might show up in the in the film. Um, and or being knocked out by Adam Sandler, <laughs> but, uh, but it's, fun. The, it's fun. Yeah, the the like the entire the entire sequence and series of events around Kevin Garnett's appearance, right? Like that's that's a pivotal point in the film. Um, but that like that that guest appearance in particular, I thought just it's like here's a basketball player he's like in the middle of this thing like you know Lakeith Stanfield turning in a great supporting mm. performance oh, right mm-hmm. um, you know it's those those guest appearances those, those cameos are, are really solid um, but yeah it's uh, it, they're, they don't seem gratuitous and they don't seem misplaced no right? it, yeah no it works um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, and, and even kind of talking about Kevin Garnett and, and the whole ongoing thread of the story with with the stone and 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 with the gym and kind of being mesmerized by it and and, and entranced by it. Um, even the way the film opens, um, which which catches you off guard. If if I mean you. It opens and you go, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. Uh, mining for, you know, you know, mining for this, 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 these gems, um, starting off, and and you go, oh yeah, yeah, it's uncut gems. But even then, it's just the sequence, the music, um, the the way that the, the camera then just kind of flows into this um, this gem and this stone, and it's and all the colors. Um, yeah. It, it, as the viewer, it just sort of pulls you in and entrances you into the story you're about to go into. They, um, they pulled a blood diamond and outdid blood. Diamond. <laughs> well, it's 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 funny. Yeah, you, you open it's with the sequel. Blood, you open with blood diamond <laughs> jokes, um, or as you're watching this, and and that's what struck me right then there from the beginning, um, when it pulls you into that sequence and and it has um, this more ambient tonal music going on. Yeah, and and it takes that throughout the film, it would be very easy for a movie like this set in the city to um, with, you know, a basketball and NBA star in here and, and about chains and jewelry and this to, to fill it with hip hop, to fill it with a kind of a very contemporary soundtrack. Um, but instead it goes the complete opposite direction, which I think leads back into that pacing um, and, and makes it that frenetic feeling um, I, I just felt the soundtrack um, to this, the score was was another area that this film just excelled at. Like a perfect yeah, choice. No, I, every, everything about this film was meant to heighten the tension you as a viewer should feel mm-hmm. as you watch this guy 
just spiral out of control, right? Like you, you like every decision is, it just seems like there's no thought put into it. And it's this rushed decision to try and save his ass. Yeah. Right? Like it's, um, but even, even the way the camera moves around the, the jewelry store and yeah. the scenes in the jewelry store, right? The camera is never just, it doesn't stop. It's just constantly just kind of panning around it's, the room. It's panning and they're not, and they're not isolating people's dialogue tracks. It's, mm-hmm. it's you have to make out who's saying what, like pay attention right. because um, a lot of people are talking loudly. Some people are yelling, some people are mumbling and we're not gonna, we're not gonna single out different channels so you can kind of discern what, who's saying what. Um, you're, you're like the, like I said before, you're, 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 in, you're in the room and you're just trying to make sense of who's saying what. The camera's moving around with you and you're hearing people, you're, you're trying to make out the conversation. Um, it's a little disorienting at the beginning, which, yes. which it's you know, obviously the point. Um, but you're definitely, especially after being lulled into that, that gym scene of all the colors and then straight into the colonoscopy, uh, and then, oh, and then beautiful right into the, uh, the jewelry store. Yeah. I don't think there's ever been such a more poignant juxtaposition of beauty with a butt hole. <laughs> um, <laughs> just... <laughs> You know, it starts with this, oh, this wonderful thing given through toil and, and troubles of, of uh, workers in a foreign country. And also, we're going to, like, also present this story. I don't know. I think, that, I think the introduction of coming out of a butthole is an introduction of, like, we're going to be it's sort of like the Safdie's theme is, like, we, we deal with stories about the underbelly of New York. We deal with, like, ugly things. But also, everybody goes through it. Uh, the colonoscopy, colonoscopies are a totally normal thing. The colon's healthy. Everything like looks good about it, but it's still gross and, and uncomfortable. So I think it's like a really cool symbol of the feelings you're about to feel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had not put that much thought into the colonoscopy scene, but you, you really just tied it all together there, JB. You know, I, I'm a, I look, I look for my symbols where I find them. <laughs> um, I do have one question and this goes back to the very beginning conversation, but you, you and Gabriel are riffing pretty well, Jesse, um, about serious actors. Do you think if you switched Javier Bardem in No Country for Old Men with Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems, do you think they could play each other's roles <laughs> adam sandler in no country for old men no, javier bardem as a, <laughs> as a gem dealer in new york i will i will take bardem as a gem dealer i can't see sandler as a hitman okay okay and now how about javier bardem in grown-ups Listen, I, I I can't answer that one because I've been you know I, I don't want to sound like snobbish, but I haven't seen Grown Ups. No, I've never seen Grown Ups. <laughs> you both sound very snobbish. Right <laughs> <laughs> but I love Grown Ups too. No, I haven't never seen that one either. I'm just trying to redeem myself. 
No, I'll say this kind of about Sandler's role in this film, right? And kind of can anybody take anybody take his place? Um, I, I think in this in Uncut Gems, one of the things that you know it happens occasionally with films. Sandler's voice, this guy was was in my head for at least a day. Um, I, yeah. I I heard mm-hmm. his, his his sort of like his his rattling like shut up da 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 what's doing da 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 like just his his tone. Um, the nasally his, like and just playing it was just there and just that that way of just just trying to get through the the next it wasn't even trying to get through the next day he's trying to get through the next hour um yes. each day and i could just hear that in my head for a while and you know it took a while to shake it um and and i, and I have a hard way of seeing someone else who could give that same lasting effect without it seeing like a caricature um, it just felt natural with him somehow. Yeah. I, so I think had I never seen the film, right. And they plug somebody else in. Could someone else have carried that role? I think the way the role was written, I think the way that the film was directed, I think somebody else could have, could have been in that role. Do I think that someone would have been better? Having seen it, I there isn't any one person I could think of that I would say should, should have replaced him. Right. To your point, it's New York, right? It's a jewelry store. It's, it's, it's Sandler. Like it it is Sandler and it's, but it's, it's some mutation of Sandler into this desperate, overly confident, panicked, broken man. Right. Mm -hmm. And you, he, he just wants one thing to work out, right? He knows, he knows he has fucked his life up. Like he's cheated on his wife. He's like having to put a mistress up in a fucking like apartment, right? <laughs> she works with him at the jewelry store. His wife is a Dina Menzel, right? <laughs> but he has this family and he, he clearly cares about his family. But he also has this relationship with his mistress. He's he's in up to his fucking eyes with bookies. One of which, you know, you find out like what this relationship is, and that's even shocking, right? But it's oh yeah, it's just he tries to carry himself in such a a masculine and like confident way. And every step of the way, you see just how broken he is. And you hear it in that little rattle in his nasally voice. And that, like, I don't think you can replace that. It did have um, kind of on a, another kind of A24 realm, um, Mississippi Grind. It had, it had a similar vibe for me as well. Um, more just kind of like tonally of kind of the character, the screw up, who, who who's always wants to keep one more, one more time. This next one's going to be the one. Um, and as as Uncut Gems was kind of coming to its 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 finish here, um, it reminded me of that a bit as well at the end. Um, which Mississippi Grind is, is a movie I um, I like I like a lot. I like a lot. I I yeah no I think that is that's that's kind of a an under celebrated if celebrated at all a twenty four gem. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah. look, it's a you, little uncut, if you know, it's just... put, nice. put, put Ben Mendelsohn in anything and I will watch it. Right. 
you've got Ben Middleton and Ryan Reynolds yeah. in Mississippi Grind, and it's. I think the thing for me is that tonally, right? Mississippi Grind plays as this like dramatic comedy. Yeah. Whereas Uncut Gems is this kind of just assault on the senses. Like it, like your your entire your whole body feels this film as you watch it. Yeah, yeah, you're you're kind of laughing at the end of Mississippi Grind, not so much. You you never feel the sense of dread, no. right? Like that no. something bad is going to happen. You know, yes, Middleton may or may not continue to fuck up, but you never you're never like, oh no, his next fuck up could be the end of his life. Yeah. Whereas with Uncut Gems, there's this this kind of constant dread that if things just don't pan out, right? Like that's it for this guy. I was very happy with the way uncut gems resolves its story um where on, on a storytelling piece right on, on on as the decisions as a storyteller that you you, you make when, when you're writing this agreed um, and so i was happy as as like storytellers this is the way this is the, the place the direction they took it um where mississippi grind at the end i wasn't necessarily happy with the way you know i, I wasn't unhappy with either endings of these films but as sort of someone telling a story and constructing a story and kind of saying, Hey, I got to go with this story where it takes me. Um, I was, I was happier with the decisions of uncut gems than say a Mississippi grind. And I felt that it made it a, a bolder film. Completely, completely 100% could not agree more. Um, one of the better endings to a film I've seen recently. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it, the whole film stays with you because of that, visceral feeling you get as you watch it yeah like it's you if you can watch this movie and it you can't palpably feel the tension that it ramps up like something is broken in you right like i just i i don't know how anyone could watch this and not feel the same sense of of just desperation and and panic and i I mean my chest was tight from the start of the film until the end. And that's why I think that the ending was so powerful yeah. and, it, and it worked so well because it, it was that release. It was like, boom, that's it. Yeah. The, right? end, the ending even gave me pause for a minute, which I like. It gave me pause of, of, okay, did I, do I like this ending? Do I not like this ending? You know, it gave me that moment of, it wasn't just an instant, um, yeah, you know, that's how you end this movie. It was, huh, is, is that how you end this movie? And, and I thought about it for a minute, had a little discussion on the couch about it, and then it was, hell yeah, that's how you end this movie. Um, this is the only way you can end this movie. Yeah, speaking on the uneasiness, even when Sandler is shouting at a sports game, like that's a pretty common behavior, but you see him shouting, and you're like, oh, he is... There's, there's not just fan attachment. There's like visceral pain happening right now when he's shouting at this TV screen, um, to to like add to those moments of just wow, anxiety. Um, and the characters pace around a lot. They're constantly moving. Not only is the camera moving, the voices are moving. Just a whole bunch of action, which again I think is like characteristic of New York City. 
and it's really cool how they like pull that out through the movie. It it is one it, it is kinetic energy mm-hmm. from start to finish, right? That there is no there are no there are no pauses even even right like you know Jesse brought up the the one seemingly like slow moment where he's with his family and you feel like okay I I can breathe mm-hmm. that literally only lasts for a moment yeah it's short <laughs> yeah and it's and then you're right back into holy shit what is this guy gonna do next like mm-hmm. <laughs> what else is he gonna do to create like to dig himself deeper into this hole. Right. Have either of you seen Locke? The Tom Hardy movie? Yes. I have not saw Fantastic. It. And that's a that's that's A24 as well, right? A24. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was... That's a movie that takes place entirely in a car. Yeah. And you see, so like, similar theme of a man making decisions and slowly breaking down while making those decisions, but a far much slower controlled burn than this kinetic energy of New York. So just like really cool contrast between a similar story told in a totally different context. Like there's so many differences, but like that one's know. all potential energy, right? It's mm-hmm. just, it's just waiting. You're, you, you're just the entirety of, and, and it seems slightly longer than it is. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even think it's like a full hour to half. No, it's a short movie, but it, the pacing it's, it's such a slow burn, but it's not, like it's wholly engrossing. Mm-hmm. And when I read the description, I was like, how the hell are you going to make a movie where guys literally. It looks so boring. In a car for an hour and a half. And that's, that's the movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll, I will, I will give it a shot. And was wholly surprised by that. Right. But I, 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 I completely agree with you. It's, it's a very similar feeling from this tension perspective mm-hmm. while being on the complete opposite side as far as like the energy of the film. Such good storytelling. It's a lot of different ways a man can break down and a woman, a human. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, we've, we've spit enough about this uncut Jim's movie. Um, Clearly we like it, but I don't know, you know, can it, does it carry the mantle as a great film, as one of the greats um, to ever be referred to it as? So now's our, our time in the podcast where we just need to make a decision. Um, majority of the vote gets a movie labeled as a great um, forever. Um, I've got my paper ready this time. So I'm writing down my, my <laughs> response here. We write it oh, down. Oh, you're not ready? You're not ready? For the listeners, we write this down. Each of us write down great or not great, since there's three of us today. Um, if it gets too great. Gabriel just saluted everyone. Great uh, um, well, the Patreons, the Patreon, they get the video. Um, general practice. Yeah. All right. Just to write <laughs> things down. Again, thank you to Magnolia fan for um, being at the $600 tier. Was there, was there, were, were they did they manage to to secure the email named Magnolia Fan? Like they, there was no like Magnolia Fan one hundred and seven. They must have. They must have. Man, they got they get in early. It was at poopshoot.com. <laughs> it's actually my, again. It's a bad, bad Jane Silent Bob Strike Backs joke. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, yeah. So we hold up our thing. Um, we're ready. Let's see what we got. Yeah. All right. I'm putting up 
I'm putting up great. Great. Great for me. Oh, great for no. JB's disappearing by a Zoom It's background. supposed to say great. It's Three great. Oh, that is, great. that is a unanimous vote. It is a clean sweep. Oh. Welcome to being one of the greats. Uncut gems. Um, man. The man who did Grown Ups and Grown Ups 2 is now one of the greats. Look, man, Punch Drunk Love could be one of the greats as well. well Absolutely. Yeah, never know. Um, I mean, Sandler could be in multiple great films. Um, ooh, think about that. I'd put Click in there. <laughs> Pixels, maybe. Uh, no, but it, like I, I think, like I said last week, great. This film and The Lighthouse are the two films that I've I've watched in the last, you know, four months, five months, six months, maybe even a year, that just have stayed with me, and I, I, even though they're uncomfortable to rewatch, right? Just I I I don't stop returning to thinking about how those films made me feel, what I thought of those films. No, it's, so, it's, yeah. it's funny you say that, uncomfortable to watch. Um, another kind of outside of the podcast conversation I had, um, I equated Uncut Gems as a film. I was like, I don't know if I really want to see this again anytime soon um, as just being an uncomfortable, tense film. Um, much like Requiem for a Dream is the film where you're like, oh yeah, that's, that's a movie that kind of serves um, its, its place and its purpose. And it's really great. Um, I don't know if I want, I don't know if, if I ever want to see that again. And I've seen it a couple times over the years, but it's definitely one I need distance to, to before diving back in. Cause I just know what it's going to do to me. Um, Uncut Gems was another one. Um, I felt I, I knew exactly what you were going to reference. Like mm -hmm. I, I feel the exact same way about Requiem. It's, I still think it's probably Aronofsky's greatest work. I, I agree. Maybe one of the greats for a future episode. Um, what we're starting to throw out some movies here that we'll need visiting over, over time. Luckily, is, luckily, like Supreme Court judges, we've been appointed to this role for life. And for we will, life. We will eventually get to all films. Um, speaking all of, of them. Or die. Before we jump to our, <laughs> um, our bets... This is mm -hmm. un, un, unbeknownst to our to my fellow moderators here. Um, we have a, I don't know it. We have a a podcast within a podcast happening today. Um, oh, this boy. is a rare occurrence. It should have happened last week. I will cue um, our theme song for this. All right, everybody, welcome to Move Over Moonlight. Um, uh, Move Over Moonlight, in this quick show, before this show became a reality, we had debated a show about um, talking about the best A24 films and ranking them if one would be better um, than Moonlight. Uh, would we tell Moonlight to move over? We've talked about a lot of A24 films today. But officially, as of this podcast, we've really evaluated Uncut Gems and The Lighthouse. Um, so for listeners at home, we are looking at a screen of three movie titles. Moonlight is number one. Guys, our, our mission here, is, it's, it's, we can be in quick agreement if we want. Um, we just need to decide where does Uncut Gems and Lighthouse, The Lighthouse, fall in this, this A24 list. Um, whereas right now, Moonlight is number one. 
Um, I know we haven't had an in-depth conversation about this film. Um, arguably, critically, Moonlight is, is hailed as, as the best A24 film. Um, I will say, kind of jumping into this, I think it still deserves number one. Um, unless somebody has a, has a different thought. But what, what do we rank these three films? One, two, and three real quick. Thoughts. Wow. So. Mm-hmm. Plot twist. Go ahead, right? JB. Plot twist. Go ahead. Uh, uh, Gabriel, you had thoughts. I was just humming. <laughs> um, it's, it, it has been a while, honestly, since I have seen Moonlight. Same, same. Um, but I do remember the feeling I had as I watched that film. I remember the feeling I had when that film ended. I remember when La La Land won Best Picture that year. Oh, and I'd I, forgotten that, but oh my gosh, yeah, you're right. And I, I absolutely thought that was possibly one of the most egregious mistakes the Academy has ever made among their long history of mistakes in granting awards. Um, I think Uncut Gems is stellar. I think it is a fantastic film. I do think it's one of the greats. I do not think it overtakes Moonlight as the best A24 film. Um, I would argue it is a a close second of these three, and I would argue that The Lighthouse, while in third, is possibly much further down that list. I mean, we can only work with what we got so far with Move Over Moonlight. (laughs) Um, So, JB, um, Gabriel's thinking Moonlight, number one, Uncut Gems, number two, The Lighthouse, number three. What do you think? I would, with these three movies in front of me. That's all we got to Move Over Moonlight. I would agree. I'd say Moonlight, no need to move over. You stay right where you are. And Jesse, what are your thoughts? Um, gentlemen, I'm in complete agreement with you. Uh, when I was sitting at dinner thinking about the possibility of integrating Move Over Moonlight into this podcast uh, um, as a quick <laughs> plot twist, my thought was Moonlight, Uncut Gems, The Lighthouse under our current things um, as well. So we're going to just plop those, those, those boys there for now. We'll update that on our letteredbox.com slash greatest movies um, account as well. We'll make a list of Move Over Moonlight and we'll put those three on there for people to keep track of. And in the future, when more A24 films come up, we will return to this um, podcast within a podcast. I like this. Yeah. Yes. So that was... Um, that was a nice little surprise there. Listen, I, I surprised myself. <laughs> we'll do the outro music and then we'll move on to bed. I figured, I figured if I hummed, then it would, you know, totally eliminate the ability for copyright. And for- I, I think because we're doing over mic like that, it, it's, it's going to be so crappy audio that we're fine. Perfect. Perfect. All right, gentlemen, thank you for that. Um, we'll come back to it. We will discuss um, for our, um, our post-show wrap-up of how we want to incorporate films such as um, Locke and Mississippi Grind, other A24 films that we have referenced, um, and, and plop them on our move over Moonlight at a future installment. Might not be next episode, but our future um, 
big big A24 film when it's up for a grade. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah, that's that's fair. So again, so our bet for today is there was a certain online publication that listed the 42 best Adam Sandler movies of all time. Given that A24 is a, a piece of this show, our goal today, the winner of today's bet, has to figure out what is number 24 on the list. Oh. So this is tough because I think we could figure out the top 10 Adam Sandler movies. I think we could maybe figure out the bottom 10. 24, that's just like your middle of the road blah. Oh, man. So the way we're going to play this, our guest moderator, when they pop in, they know the answer to this. Um, oh. They have the online publication. They will be refereeing us. We will, instead of writing down our normal answer, we will go round robin one at a time, taking turns, you know, one going first, and then we'll rotate through. And we'll just each pick a film, one, two, three. We'll say it. Um, our moderator will tell us you are correct, <laughs> you are incorrect, and we will go until we get number 24. I will remove them off our list as we guess. Um, this, oh, wow. This is intense. Talk about kinetic energy. Yeah. Man, you, you've sacked brother me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this episode is, you know, between Moon Over Moonlight, between the A24 bet, it's, we don't know where we're going with this thing. Um, and here comes our moderator. I'll make introductions. Here audience. it comes. Wait, it's connecting audio for the listeners at home. We're still welcome, Lee. Can you hear us? I can hear you. Can right. you hear me? We can hear you. We have Lee, um, who happens to be my wife. Today, she's going to help us moderate our bet. Um, we have set it up, Lee. All we need you to do it once we start making our guesses. Um, we will go one at a time. We will take turns going first. It's, you know, it's a gentleman's. This is a gentleman's podcast. So we will figure out whoever wants to go first. Um, but please hold and each round. Paper, rock, scissors. Each round. I, I'm happy to, you know, whoever, if someone feels good about going first. I mean. Are you marking down on the list? What, we, we what will, movie? We will remove them. What we need you to okay. do is at the end of each round, you can tell us what our number was, for example. Oh. Like you could say, oh, you said this film? That's number 39 on the list. Grown okay. Ups 5. But don't. I got to have that tab open. Yeah, so you'll need to cross-reference. And, and, um, I got it. And in our round of things, if somebody, you know, third round, somebody goes first and they get it right on their thing, they win. You know, it's, it's like bingo. Okay. If they oh, hit bingo, man. you can end it. But until oh, then, man. just... Just hold it for the round. So um, I'm happy to go since this is, um, if somebody wants to go first, uh, I'll throw that out there. Or we can do a. After you. Yeah, you're, you're you know. All right, let's do this order. In my Zoom feed, I am number, I'm at the top, JB's second, Gabriel, you're third. Are we cool with that order? And then we'll just go in a rotation. Uh, that works for me. All right. So my first pick, round one, I'm going. Hotel Transylvania 2. Oh, the sequel. So I'm going to go here. Um, so that's my pick, Gabriel. I mean, I'm sorry. That's, that's Hotel Transylvania 1. Um, yeah. Sorry, gentlemen. Thank you. You're going to go to 2015. There we go. Number two. Um, Rookie. 
I will. What should I do? Should I highlight? I'll just. I'll just. You can do strike through. Well, you figure that out. I got uh, my, my, my dumb things in the way here. Um, I'm gonna go for. Is there a strike through on here? You don't mess with the Zohan. I'm just gonna bold it here. I can't find. All right, Zohan, 2008s. That's the hairdresser movie, I believe. Disco, disco, good, Let's good. And, and Gabriel, where are you at for your first round pick? I am gonna go with bulletproof. Oh, bulletproof! Oh, good choice, good choice. Bulletproof. Wait, give me the year on that guy. Ninety-six. Ninety-six. Mm-hmm. All right, same year as Happy Gilmore. All right, Lee, can you please let us know um, where each of those three films landed? All right, so Hotel Transylvania is number two. S- part, two. part two. 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 Part two is number 17. Oh, Holy shit. shit. Oh. <laughs> oh, away. Oh. All right, okay, okay, okay. Because this gives us a good little, this lets us know what we're messing with, right? All right, where does uh, Zohan that? Zohan is number seven. What? (laughs) Yes. I'm like upset, but also impressed. (laughs) All right. All bets are off. Okay. Okay. Oh my God. (laughs) I'm looking through Bulletproof. Hold on. It's not just like one list. It's like a whole thing. Oh, there's multiple pages pages. My apologies for that. One minute. I should have written it differently. That's okay. We can cut out this time in the the post. I'm getting there. Okay. Bulletproof is number 25. Holy shit. Oh, listen. Luckily, we're playing exact on this one. All right. Oh, my God. Oh, one off. Okay. Okay. Oh, fuck. Okay. I don't even know how I did that. Okay. Well, you're one off. Wow. Okay. Okay. This this changes things. Wow. Oh, whoa. All right. So, round two. Um, JB, you begin this round. All right. Uh, Mixed nuts for 200. Right. That's 1994's Mixed Nuts. I cannot say I saw that one. That one's good. I was eating Mixed Nuts earlier. Okay, so uh, I think Gabriel's up next. Gabriel. Wow, okay. We haven't seen what a high ranker is yet. Well, no, we've seen Bulletproof. Okay. (laughs) What are you talking about? We saw Zohan. I mean, what I mean by high, the other, the low ranker, I guess, yeah. Mr. Deeds. Mr. Deeds. That's 2002's Mr. Deeds. Uh, That's a bold call. Right. I like it. I'm going the longest yard. Ooh. All right. Round two. All right. Give me one second. We'll start with um, mixed nuts because we have to go in the order they were said. These things are just going to be all over the place. (laughs) Okay. Let me find the longest yard. Hold on. While she's looking that up, this is from. I'm going to be pissed if Deeds is 23. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You ready? We're ready. Mm -hmm. Mix nuts. Mix mix nuts, 26. (laughs) I love it. I love it. It's a good bet. You want me to go in order that y'all said them? Mr. Deeds. Mr. Yeah, Mr. Deeds. Is Mr. Deeds is twenty-four. Oh, he got it! I'm a winner. Oh, he got it. Oh my and gosh. the longest yard was twenty-three. 
Wow. No way. Look at this. See, Gabriel and I, we'd figured out this game. We figured out. We figured out these films. Wow. Oh my God. Y'all are good. That's Jesus, that's bananas. This bet was bananas. Um how do we do that in two rounds? <laughs> I don't know. I thought this was gonna go on for a while. Listen, well, see, the bigger question is people wonder as we started this podcast. How how do we get selected to be the the curators of the greatest movies of all time? We were anointed. It's yeah, JB's right. It's things like touched this. by the hand of a non-present god. I don't yeah. know something. Wow, Gabriel, congratulations! So, um, as you know, there's, shit. there's no movie worth saving today, so you're good there. Um, um, Uncut Gems is forever a great. Um, you do have the option when the special Moon Move Over Moonlight podcast appears. Um, to adjust the list if you wanted, but that I, I believe you're in agreement. But if you want, we were make, we were in total agreement on that one. If you wanted to make a radical change, you're free to as the winner of the bet. And then, um, most importantly, as we always do, um, we will shut our traps and we will give you the last word um, of anything related to tonight's podcast. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's anything directly related to tonight's podcast, but you did mention something a little earlier that has kind of not not to like go serious or anything, but everything that's currently happening in our world, it just feels like this like doing this podcast every week is respite, but. I feel like I would be remiss to not mention that like, we're in this really fucked up place in history where it feels like we're dealing with the 1929 stock market crash and the civil unrest of the civil rights movement of the 1950s and 60s and early 70s. And it's all happening simultaneously. And it's not in a fucking vacuum. It's it's not, we, we have no leadership. Like there's an absence of leadership and direction in this country. And it's, it's so disappointing and so frustrating and so infuriating. And so I just say, like, I don't know, support, support local black businesses support organizations that are working to help people in this time, whether it's, it's public bail, like whether it is people working to change policy, whether it's people working to help provide frontline workers with PPE, whatever it is, just do what you can and do what you feel you're capable of doing because we truly are living in unprecedented times. And while this podcast is light and, and it's fun and it's, it's great to, to take this time every week and, and have that, I just, I can't help but think about other people who are not, they're not living in that space. And, you know, we're all in this together. We're all part of the human race and if we don't stand up for each other, what what 
what do we have? So. No, thank you. Very well put. Um, definitely. Thank you, Gabriel. Thank you, JB. And thank you, Lee. Thanks, guys. Stay safe, everybody. Be well. Get your, get your colon checked.